how to be like me is you gotta be yourself and that's uh where, where i go back to uh when 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 i teach a class at cda for example i always say the core the real if you think there's a trick or a, or a mesmerizing method to all this it's pulling from your own life pulling from your gut your heart the 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 thing that you're most afraid to share do that as a painting just start doing that and um that's the beginning that i feel like that's the beginning i i that's where i started hello and welcome to the art department podcast it's episode 44 emmanuel shu and sing a uh, Emmanuel Chu is not in Singapore. He's in San Francisco. I'm not in Singapore. Uh, I'm in Singapore. Um, your co-host, Dion Osho here. In lockdown. In, in lockdown. Yeah, we're all kind of in and out of lockdowns again. Um, we have another guest today, and I'll throw it over to Emmanuel right away to introduce that guest to us. Yeah, so hi. Uh, we have Alex Mantrajev here today, uh, and I think... Uh, I've been wanting to get him on for quite a while now because I've been listening to a lot of his uh, podcasts and and we've been sort of chatting on Clubhouse. Uh, well, when we were chatting on Clubhouse, and and I found him to be really interesting. Uh, and I knew of his work, of course, and I really really enjoy the cinematic qual cinematic qualities and just how different it was. And it made me kind of go down the road of trying to find out more about him, about Alex, uh, and or you. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, it was amazing when I found the channel and there was so much information there that he was giving uh, for free, basically. Uh, talking a lot about some really, really, really uh, important things about life and design and painting and how things got the way it got uh so that's why we have him on here now uh and we'll start with a little bit of history for those of you who may or may not know sort of where alex is coming from and then we'll kind of segue onto that to some other topics and uh we'll have a great time so alex uh take it away thanks for having me on guys um yeah uh hello everybody <laughs> sorry uh, I, uh, where, uh, I guess I could just introduce, uh, or, or t talk a little bit about where I'm from and, and how I got to this place uh, briefly, if I can summarize it. I, uh, I'm originally from Bulgaria, that's in Eastern Europe. Um, and, uh, was, we immigrated from Bulgaria to Germany, lived there in, for three years, uh, fled Germany. Enough, <laughs> left Germany after we get after we got our green cards. We, I, as a child, I felt like I fled because it was a rough time. My my father and mother worked hard so I could have a future in a land of opportunity that is American. I still see it this exactly the same way, despite of all the politics, which I don't even understand. I I don't speak politics, but. I uh, we came here in '93, and um, I, I've already shown signs of art by playing with clay and uh, trying to draw. My father is an artist; he does mosaics, 
and he also used to do iconography. Um, but mainly he's established a very deep business in mosaics, one of the only in, in the world, one of the only artists who does what he does so well and is very well known in that field. <clears throat> uh, and um, I help him out with designs here and there, which I'm proud of. Uh, I, uh, I was very influenced from that, and I started to want to mimic the fact that he can draw so well I wanted to do that uh, so I, re I remember when I was young I, I would ask him like please can you draw me the draw me term the Terminator poster and this is in Germany and I hadn't seen I, I did see Terminator in Germany and I had nightmares I remember that and I, and, and I was I was so uh, obsessed about the half face half endoskeleton poster or if that wasn't the poster, it was just half face and half red eye. Anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm uh, ranting here, but uh, he would he drew something with with cr simple crayons on on what seemed like a sticky note or a napkin, and I and I stared at that. And finally, when we were in America, I I when I started t going to school here, fourth grade, uh, we had art hour which doesn't exist anymore in schools. I don't think, I don't think any uh, middle school, whatever has art hour, let alone music, which used to be a thing back in the day, uh, uh, evidently. And, uh, um, <laughs> I, I, I showed a lot of promise, a lot of sign. I grew from that. Uh, if we fast forward in, in towards, uh, Later life in middle school, I started going to associates in art, and then high school, I continued going through associates in art. Associates in art was this private school, much like what Concept Design Academy is today, what used to be LAFA, LA Figurative Art, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I forgot the, the actual name. And there I met my instructor, Mark Westermo, who took me under his wing to teach me uh, the Riley method, which I never grasped fully. It was insanely hard, and it probably still is to this day. I, 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 when I was young, all I cared about was playing at parks, and I really wanted a Nintendo 64. <laughs> and um, I was very distracted, and my instructors would tell me, you got to draw every day. I gave you an I gave you person. They wouldn't give out homework, by the way. What art classes today do is very good. They hand out homework assignments. Back then, Associates in Art is like, this is on you. You have to practice. And he would drill that into our heads. It never got drilled into mine, clearly, because I was always like, yeah, yeah, I practiced. I'd go home and I'm like, oh, draw a head. Yeah. And then I would go and play a game or whatever, meet him. I was so so lazy as a child i don't know how i got so far and for a while too man high school i was kind of neglecting my art but i was still practicing figure drawing heavily i was so cocky and uh voiced my opinion about what real art is it's figure drawing and that's where i also had really good friends who were already practicing in the field of entertainment like jared moran's and he was doing creature designs. I went to high school with them, and and I'd watch him do sketches. I'm like, that's amazing. 
and he was already working with Jordu Shell at the time, and and uh, I'm like, but you don't know figure drawing. Like that's my. That was my gauge. I was like, you don't know how to do figure drawing. You don't practice figure drawing. He's like, that's useless. That's totally useless, man. That's, I mean, what, what's, I, I already have a job doing this. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, that, um, that stayed with me. That mentality stayed with me to the point where I, I met an instructor at Associates in Art who really uh, um, uh, made my mind open simply put Paul Wee was his name and he's an art director for the Simpsons I think to this very day uh, production designer art director I'm sorry if I'm butchering that title I don't know but Paul Wee is his name and he taught us how to let go of everything that we learned and start from from zero and he would repeat Bruce Lee quotes and Morpheus quotes. The Matrix was that at the time. You know, I ha I'm showing you the door. You have to walk through it and stuff like that. And, and when we would draw with pen, we wouldn't lift the pen. And it would just be like flow like water. Don't care about mistakes. Don't try try start from nothing. And anyway, that gave me confidence, and I built up a portfolio that was strong enough for me to start Art Center. I went through Art Center, and I learned how to paint mainly at Art Center, drawing uh, as well, figure drawing. And when I graduated Art Center, I had Gary Meyer there, and I met Mike Hernandez, and I also got close with Kevin Chen, who, who has always been my mentor, much like Mark and Paul. And... Um, <clears throat> And uh, when I graduated Art Center, two years of darkness because I realized everything I had been honing my skills to truly <laughs> didn't matter. <laughs> Much like Jared said, it was like, oh, see, I told you it's useless. You got to learn how to photo bash or whatever or whatever. And I'm like, oh, my God. So. I was Hold still pure, just, just pure to, at heart. Yeah, just to Sorry. interrupt you real quick. Uh, so you were a painting major, or was there already it, entertainment it was, design? There was entertainment design. I was illustration. I was ah. uh, illustration at Art Center, uh, but there was an entertainment track starting kind of underground. Ryan Church was teaching it, and. Uh, Scott Robertson and Gary. Mott. By the time I left, it already started taking root. Mm -hmm. And um, and I, I remember Kang uh, was a bit older in years uh, at Art Center, and he he had a great influence in that. And like um, Kinman as well. Kinman Chen was going through there. Oh God, Kinman, yes, <laughs> amazing artists and uh, um, also really cool people. I. I uh, when I when I look back on those days, I I, I just try to. You know, it, it's funny, like I I do this corny thing where I'm like, what would have I done differently, and what would I have asked? Like, what have I? I probably the only thing I would have done differently, I probably would have tried to see cl things clearly. Uh, with my eyes open to focus on my craft because art center was a time when I discovered 
uh, World of Warcraft and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I uh, lost a lot of time doing that yet and it's it wasn't that I, I didn't do my work it beat the crap out of me doing my work and making up for the time lost because I was playing a video game I, I guess I had an addiction with games when I was uh, younger and um, I think that's common might not be games, but it's other things, other distractions. And I, I feel like that's a hidden but very obvious and a, a very persistent thing that can hold back a lot of artists, be it musicians, painters, actors, whatever, whatever. Um, I remember my mother would tell me stories. My mother was a music major and she used to teach music class when I was very young, back in Bulgaria, when I was going to kindergarten, she'd teach, uh, 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 I don't know what grade, but very early uh, grade, uh, uh, music and fundamentals in music. That's what I mean. That's what I meant earlier when I said uh, music classes. When do you see that in schools anymore? Anyway, uh, she, uh, she t would tell me, in her university experience, her colleagues, one of her colleagues was an amazing celloist and she uh, shat that <laughs> experience out to the wind because she would just get distracted and start doing other stuff and be interested in, I don't know, clubbing and whatever. Uh, not that those, those can be addicting, but uh, you know, it's of the same nature. Um, when 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 you really look at what you have uh, to hone as a skill and where you need to be, it's hard when you're starting or when you're in the beginning stages to uh, value and appreciate the the time, the limited time that you have to really uh, tear it apart like a grizzly bear man you have to otherwise it's just going to be a much more difficult road ahead and it's in the nature of this business that things are going to be changing and altering and it could even more so um blind you and 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 keep you back i don't know if that makes sense but if i didn't start taking my craft serious eventually i would have been dis discouraged by what i'm seeing today like oh, purist no oh, look at everybody's just doing this thing with 3d it's like and i'm not even touching photoshop there was a point where i just didn't want to do things digitally and i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna be like uh this uh storyboard artist that did the boards for for a gladiator i forgot his name uh uh anyway brazilian guy and uh i was very much influenced by them i was like i'm just gonna do that i'm just gonna do marker and pen sketches and look at ian mckeg he's just doing pencil now those guys are already established they've already made a career it's different you look at uh veterans already from that era they're respected as that i'm 
young, I'm new. I, I ha the way I saw it is I have to bite on to the new game and wield it and adapt. So that was a struggle right after Art Center. When I graduated, I was making these postcard-like paintings and I wanted to work at Blizzard and uh, World of Warcraft. <laughs> World of Warcraft, exactly. And um, my work was just not anything. It was, it was, I mean, it was paintings of snowy mountains and warriors, silhouetted warriors with swords on their back walking across the horizon, stuff like that. Uh, ze uh, zeppelins flying across the sky. <laughs> um, they are cool. Those are cool. They came from some place, but it took me a while. It was like there was a second school, and the second school was hitting a psychological rock bottom, realizing that all this hard work and I've accumulated nothing. And there was a point where I hit uh, a realization that my strength and my passion lies in films because I would watch movies constantly and I would know the feeling and why things work to me. Not I wouldn't I don't know the blueprint. <clears throat> I don't I didn't know how they made the movie, but I just I know exactly if you gave me a camera I could probably replicate it, which I did a lot in high school. I, I, I messed around a lot with a high eight and friends and we'd shoot things. And I don't know why I stopped that. Uh, there was a teacher that told me, never stop making short movies. You can, e you can end up being like David Lynch or even better. And at the time, I didn't even know who David Lynch was. And uh, yeah, I don't know why I stopped. But anyway, uh, that uh, was a great strength to realize because it, it made me propel and make leaps with my work, with my painting. I, when I realized that, I started to just paint frames as if they were a paused moment from a movie that just came to me and uh still i had an ego i probably still do i don't know but i was so cocky that i was like i'm the only person to have come up with this <laughs> no one ever knows it like that's that's the, the the mentality i had and you know what say what you will it helped me climb back out of the darkness it was a personal struggle and uh, and I got back on my feet with a new portfolio body of work, and I already had started working at Aaron Sims at the time, which was thanks to my friend Jared, and um, and from there it just went on. I left Aaron's and I did a lot of freelance work, and eventually I got a call from Ryan, who I already had as a mentor in. Um, in art center he taught one class for character and i and i failed it miserably not like grade wise i just i couldn't hack it i i didn't know what the hell how to do what he was doing i think i was mesmerized by the his visuals his rendering and painting aesthetic and I'm, i just want to do that if i could just capture the feeling of that but he's actually teaching the philosophy behind it. And I'm letting it completely pass my head because I'm not paying, I'm paying attention to the bling and not the logic in it. I wonder if other people struggle with that. I wonder if other artists are 
distracted by how things look and not paying attention to the thought process behind it. Because I, I, uh, I often do start work like that today, these days where I'm just, hey, that feels nice. That's nice texture. Oh, it, it has a nice color vibration and, and there's something in the darkness and subtle edges. Oh, that could be a head. And then I start sculpting around the head. And then I reach a point where things just, wait, no, this looks like mud and it looks like shit. Blah. And, and, and I've been spending a long time on it now and I wanted it to be a nice personal piece. I already fell in love. And I pull back and I go, wait a minute, my goal, I already set my foot down. Tell a story. Tell something that will captivate the, the audience because of what what they're taking in as information and that feeling as well that comes with it. Not because it's just a pretty painting. The pretty painting will come. So so yeah, that's that's kind of been my growth as an artist from sorry if that was a, a long uh, no, I mean it's French. super interesting, but I, 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 you know, I personally, I think when you said that you graduated and and Jerry was like, yeah, see, that stuff doesn't really matter, but you know, I, I he actually was joking, think, of he course, joking, of course, but, like, but I mean, you know, I think all those years of you doing art, because I came from an art high school background myself, so you don't realize some of the stuff that you're doing all comes back to help you. Um, but I, what I really want to know is you said you were, you went through some dark times, like after you graduated, like, was it just purely because you applied for jobs that you didn't get? Or was it like there was no jobs or, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, there's, there's real dark times. And then there's just probably just what I mean to say is personal, psychological darkness from for me because a real dark time would probably be of an individual who is struggling to come out of poverty because of the where they live or mm -hmm. their family just died you know knock on wood and i don't i don't hope that for anybody but uh um uh, i i was uh, my father would always be very blunt and honest with me and he'd be like listen you got if you don't get up your feet you you, you got to do something and it's not like i was a lazy mama but but <laughs> well i was a lazy bum the thing is <laughs> to them i i would tell them yeah I'm, I'm doing my best and then i would do 3 hours or less of my best and then i'd be like yeah, log on to a video game and play for a bit. That doesn't go anywhere. That really doesn't go anywhere. I had a serious uh, problem with taking myself seriously. And you know what snapped me out of it is uh, a competitive aspect in me by seeing other artists that I knew moving ahead. I'm like, God damn it and and my dream was still in there and i'm I, and i'm just seeing it's like what am i doing 
what am I doing with my time? Why would I do that? It was a serious problem. And I think that's kind of a darkness. It's more of an immatureness. <laughs> it's easily avoidable. Um, I don't know how people do it today because it's probably even harder with everything revolving around the internet and social media and YouTube and gaming actually being a career. If if you were persuaded by like, I'm just going to stream on Twitch every day, Fortnite. But I also want to work at Lucasfilm one day. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking, but you got to sit down and tear that thing's throat out. If you want to work, if you want to really have that dream of working as an artist comfortably for someone, that's another subject. Because what if you establish yourself independently and you don't have to work in a corporate environment? That's that's another thing to, to think about. But anyway. Um, Did you have any questions, Jan? No, I'm, I'm still listening. I'm... I'm taking it all there, in. there's a lot of things that resonate i mean uh with me there when you when you mentioned that i mean just like you did just now about um yeah looking back at some of the the earlier periods in my life and 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 i mean usually i, I i'm not a person to say like oh i i regret oh my gosh i regret so much i should have done this differently i should have done that differently because i mean honestly uh life is pretty good life is pretty good okay like things aside like pandemic and whatnot right but um i think there's not much we can complain about we don't um there's no big wars going on or some craziness um where millions of people die instantly or whatever so uh, life is pretty damn good i would say and and everything that led every every decision i made uh, so far led me to this point right to to have have a wife have have kids and and be where we are right and doing this job that we do there's nothing really to complain about um but i mean yeah looking back there's always these periods where you think like wow like i had i like back then i had a great opportunity to do this or learn this and and i kind of did it hard like like half-assed right i'm like oh i really should have learned more of that or i should have not just like i mean if you look back and, and once you have wife and kids, you're like, shit, I don't have any time anymore for anything. And what, what did I do when I was in my 20s? I must have had so much time. And what have I done, right? So like, oh, I did this. I went, I don't know, played probably way too many video games, like you said. And it's just like, <laughs> like where did that all go? Like, like I used to have like, like I could stay up like w without, without like sleeping for like a week straight and... and all I did was just like, yeah, watch movies and play video games. Um, that that is that is a hard realization. But and the thing is also that if that that time that you lost in your twenties or whatever by by wasting it, I think it's almost impossible to get it back once you're like in your forties or fifties. It's you cannot. You have to work like ten times harder, but you also have ten times more responsibilities. So it's just really. It's it's. Yeah, like you said, like if you're if you're still young and you have these opportunities given, not I mean given to you basically, then you really gotta work hard at that. You really gotta, you really gotta focus, right? Because that time is not gonna come again. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because, you know, we we've all sort of mentored 
now, um, you know, younger people um, we've taught. Um, you, and, and for me personally, I think um, that is just a rite of passage. It's and for the for the people who want to get somewhere, eventually they'll get past whatever hurdles they're working at. Because I remember I was I was like I went through school, art school, and I was complete crap. And and every day I could, you know, my goal was when is it time to go out to have a smoke break and when do I get to get out of class to go party? And I could say that I basically learned not a whole lot, but I paid for that, you know, after when I realized this is what I want. So I had to work double hard. Uh, but but I I think, you know, at that time I got really focused but I was already, you know, like close to, like I was late twenties already, um, you know. So, so I, I think, hopefully, some of these experiences, you know, can whoever is listening, maybe because it it took, you know, it only takes one small thing to plant a seed, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I got to stop playing that video game because I was the video game guy too. <laughs> I think we all were. Mm, but- yeah, it's our generation kind of look back and you just kind of go yeah but i got through it and then i went through a a period of just learning and focus um you know i'm curious when you say that you took a class with ryan this is ryan miterding right yes ryan Uh, miterding so you you took a class with him and you you didn't feel that you did very well but you know years later he had called you back how did that happen like he 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 knew me even before the class because I would show a persistent work ethic of like wanting to get better at what I'm going after, which is funny because I remember Kevin sat down with me one day. So what do you want to, you know, with all this that you're learning, what do you want to do? And that hit me like an iceberg. I'm like, uh. I want to do what you do. It's like, dude, what it is that I do? It's like, well, you work in games. You create uh, art and games. And it's like, concept art. Concept art. I didn't even know what it was called. <laughs> it's like, do you have any favorite concept artists? Do you have any people that you're looking at? I'm like, um, Justin Sweet. Because Fallout... <laughs> And the loading screens on Fallout, playing games again. And I'm like, Justin Sweet. Uh, anybody else? I don't know. Anybody? I don't even know who Mullins was. I didn't know they were art of for Star Wars, art of for anything. And uh, he's like, you got to look into that. Anyway, with Ryan, uh, he saw me going through all those workshops and figure drawing and and really starting to uh, really busting my ass and uh he when he graduated when he left art center i don't know if yeah, i think he graduated art center yeah um he uh he came back afterwards and he taught a character class i was in his class and that's when he got to know me a bit more mm-hmm. and uh his i remember his notes back then were, were like um you know Alex, you gotta. You you do all this figure drawing and head drawing and head painting, and when you're in my class, you gotta apply that to your to the design. I mean, 
push yourself, apply what you know. I mean, what's all this drawing you if you're not going to use it for it? And, and that was really, uh, that, that was so true. It hurt because I realized, I realized that, uh, I've, pr I had probably fallen into this automatic, um, uh, hand mechanical way of drawing not even thinking like just habits motor skill is what i meant to say motor skill way of drawing figures and getting good at the finessing and and um not thinking about what i'm doing and what i could apply it with anyway ryan's class was um very eye-opening in a sense that uh it just showed me that I I have so much to learn and way I'm way behind in my own goal, not comparatively to other people or anything. And um, also, I took Noman classes with Anthony Francisco and Kevin, and there I also realized, you know, uh, that I'm way behind. <laughs> and uh, I had I think that's when I was trying to start photo bashing in that class a bit and I was failing and anyway um yeah Ryan Ryan was a great uh, great uh, influence inspiration while I was going through through art center he was he was the beaming light for a lot of people and you know it's funny actually sorry to branch off I remember showing a friend of mine a friend of mine uh, game uh, called uh, Gary's Mod, which was a Half-Life modification thing. Sorry. And uh, Kinman was hanging over my shoulder, and I'm t talking to my friend Mike about Gary's Mod. Look, and you can build all these things, and it's so... And Kinman's like, Alex, type in uh, Good Brush. Like, <laughs> oh, Good Brush. This is another game... And I, I, I froze. I, I, I saw Mullins at that moment for the very first time, and it was such a contrasting. I feel like, I guess what I'm trying to say is, I feel like my colleagues, my my friends that I was around with, uh, uh, saw me slacking or saw me not taking myself serious, and they probably tried to help me in uh, subtle ways. Like if I open the door myself, type of ways, you know, um, that was Kinman showing me, like, dude, I don't know what you're doing, and why you're so obsessed about Gary's mod. <laughs> he probably doesn't even remember this if he's listening, but uh, but that got me. I, I I woke up. I'm like, what? This is no, this is photos. This is just photos. That's a photo too. It's like, no, dude, this is all painting. No, <laughs> just uh, that that scrambled my head. Mullins was a thing that uh, uh, completely changed my life. I started to, at that point, uh, uh, wonder what I'm going to do. I think that's that's the moment, and that was towards the end of my art center career. And um, yeah. No, that's that's Mullins. Mullins will do that, and and I, I don't know. You know, when I found your stuff, 
Um, I, I mean, it, it really felt very focused uh, to me uh, in terms of like, you know, you had, you definitely had a, a, a vision of what you wanted to show. Uh, it was strong in storytelling and cinematic. And, that, you know, it, I had never, I mean, I have to be honest, I hadn't really seen that before. Uh, I, I know, okay, I know Mullins and all, I mean, I, I know all the usual suspects, um, but even then it was so film specific um, that it was, it was basically a film frame. Um, and, 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 you know, you know, Craig Mullins doesn't do that. I mean, he's, he's telling a story in a different way. Um, and I, I think I, I just want to, you know, because I'm a big proponent of the sharpen one knife kind of guy that's me uh i'm always about that and and a lot of people say well no 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 you know get in the industry you need to be a jack of all trades and all mm -hmm. this i mean what, what do you how do you feel about that um in terms of sharpening that one yeah knife, i mean in terms yeah, of like uh, is I, that uh, how you kind of live yes know? yeah I, that's how i've always gone uh, uh, almost to an obsessive compulsive whatever <laughs> disorder <laughs> i that's how i've always been um no nope, i'm only going to use a round brush nope i'm only going to do frames i don't know why and uh uh it's helped me actually in, in an interesting way to get to to become better um i uh uh, with the the thing is the film frame thing came from Mullins because he was telling a story and I saw that and I know many other people have seen it but I saw I really saw that clearly like the reason why I loved his work right off the bat much like okay I'm sorry I'm I'm jumping around I feel like I need to rewind I was exposed to a painter, Ilya Repin, and I'm, I'm sure you guys know who that is. And I saw a painting, Ivan the Terrible, and it was, uh, there's two paintings of the Ivan the Terrible series where the mother is almost tearing up and you see in the, in the back window outside is a boy hanging, hung by the neck. And that's telling a story. And you could see in her eyes, she's almost tearing up and that was already gripping me and then i saw the father and son and the father is holding his son and he's bleeding from the head and he's trying to hold his his wound his that's telling a story and that uh, affected me emotionally so deeply it scarred me and i kept on obsessively going back to look at the painting just to get that feeling again and again and again. I know that's bizarre. To some people, it's equivalent to watching those insanely graphic videos on the internet that are <laughs> that are violent. Dude, I gotta, once you see it, you gotta go back. It's that type of feeling. When I when I watched Ilya, uh, when I saw the Ilya Repin paintings, Mullins was was the same thing and i saw that in his work and the reason why i uh, i was like oh my god look at what he's doing he's telling a story there's depth there's layers and on top of that it's uh a crunchiness to his 
entertaining and textural depth as well, which is mesmerizing as an artist. Now let's take a look at it from the shoes of a non-artist. They'll probably see the beautiful story being told. That's See, that's where I started to sort of... Uh, it's almost like I had to disconnect myself from being an artist to realize the power behind what we have with with our tool of painting or drawing. Uh, and I think that's when I started to make the leaps. That's after art, my art center. And I, and I was looking back again in Mullins and what was it? You know, I, I used to love Frazetta. I used to love Drew Struzan. I wanted to do the Struzan posters. And, and, um, and I would go back and I'm like, why did I love them? When I'm sitting there at, at my computer. I'm like, I've applied it, Lucas. I've applied at THQ. I've applied it at Blizzard. Blizzard sent me an email back saying, I don't know how this guy got our contact info, but can you just pass them along to HR? Like that was my response to, to apply my portfolio at Blizzard. I didn't even get a like nah or yay or whatever. So uh, I, uh, I, I got a little angry and I'm like, what is it that uh, will make people enjoy or find my work interesting? And uh, I had to dig deep, and I and I came to that conclusion of it's it's what I'm saying with the piece. And I looked at all of my work that I tried with my portfolio, and they said zero, zilch, nothing. There's no emotion to it. So I started to make work that uh, spoke a simple story or a complex one. And man, I, I swear, it, it, I, I had nights where I forgot to sleep and I was wide awake. I was energized by the, that drive to paint another one and another one and just start going. And I, I didn't even care how good the, the pieces were, but it started to feel right. And I almost learned back and forth from looking at a film frame, looking at Mullen's paintings, mimicking it. At a certain point, I, I was even hacking, uh, I mean, uh, painting right on top of photographers' work and altering and changing. And I, and I started to appreciate the, the art of photo bashing and tracing and, and the manipulating just to get to that believable visual element that's going to tell the powerful story in the work and uh, um, I've uh, I've always stuck with that because I think that's a world that has an infinite uh, poss infinite doors and routes to explore different human um stories different because all all i if i'm trying to do is explore uh people or it whether it's in science fiction or it's how we would feel how we would react in in our work it, it, it through through that work in in that place that i'm trying to <laughs> paint sorry that's hard to describe uh but um uh, yeah, so I've always been that, as you said, sharpen one knife 
to, to try to tell that again and again through every single piece because it it almost feels like it's a source that will never fade. It's like a fire that will always keep burning. When you watch a good movie, it's exactly the reason why that movie is good. And, and there's plenty of films that don't really tell much, that don't really uh, immerse you or pull you in to um, ask questions about yourself, let alone about other people or the world that you're, you're in. And then there's plenty of gems and films that do that as well. So like when you compare and contrast, being that this is your interest in, in, in career, um, for me, at least that's, that's where I'm always, that's where I'll always, that's the route I'll, I'll always be taking. So I hope that, did that make sense? (laughs) No, absolutely. No, I, I mean, I, I mean, I think what you're doing uh, resonates a lot with me because that's kind of, I'm trying to do more of that, uh, which is to tell more stories and, uh, you know, that being the, the soul of it, right? I mean, what are you trying to say, you know, really, uh, if you have nothing to say, uh, it's not interesting to look at. Um, and if you can show i mean you know it's not even comparing my work to anybody else's but it's just can i express something of how i feel and and that's a that's not easy to do um and and i i really resonate with that and and i always tell people you know no matter what it has to you know make some people feel a certain way unless you're going straight for design but even design can emote certain feelings um if you can get deeper with it uh, you know, like like in your career, I mean, it's just like people recognize that because your work looks really different. Um, but it's not different for different sake. It's different because it came from a place of you being switched on and go, well, I really want to tell these stories. And you made all these films when you're in high school. Uh, you know, you went, you, you, all those things are there already. And, and it's just, a, okay, I, I now I know how to actually express that. Um, and I really wish that for a lot of people, um, for me, like I'm starting to do more figure drawing because I didn't freaking do it back at in school. I mean, I just, I just, I, you know, I, I took three classes that I remember nothing of. <laughs> so I'm paying for it now because I'm like, ah, oh, crap, I can't even paint that thing. And I have to like go into 3d and, you know try to pose it in some way so that I could have something, um, which, you know, which is reminds me of what we had talked about at the beginning of the, the conversation is 3d. I mean, is that, do you use any 3d? Is that, how do you feel about I, all I that? Mean, I, I have used 3d here and there and it, it wasn't 3d that I made. I mean, I have blocked stuff out in SketchUp. The, the most I ever did with 3d was, uh, uh, <laughs> log in to uh, load up a game that was very photoreal and take a screenshot from a place in Grand Theft Auto or whatever, <laughs> like a street view. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And uh, I, I, in the process of doing that, I'm like, why did I could, I could just draw this. I could feel it. I could paint it and then maybe use values from 
photographic work to accomplish the state of realism. Why did I need to do go through this process? It was interesting. Nothing against 3D art. And there's plenty of brilliant uh, animals that... <laughs> I call them animals because they're beastly uh, artists, I guess, but uh, that, that do it uh, exceptionally and, and very memorably. But I... I, I ask myself, does it, uh, does it matter what we were talking about earlier, what tool you use? Like, I, I would struggle uh, back and forth, especially nowadays, or I'm sure students hear this, and I don't mean to sound like I'm undermining people or, or talking down anybody when I say students, but... The reality is, at least for me, when I was going through art center or when I was going through schools, uh, I would hear uh, when I was teaching at at uh, I would hear students. This was back before COVID in person saying like, "Oh no, you gotta you gotta jump on uh, 3D, man. You gotta you gotta know this. You gotta know that. If you really want to be in the industry, you gotta know 3D." And that was a revolving topic. And it, um, it also affected me. I, I started thinking, like, do I, do I need to know 3D? <laughs> I mean, I see, I see Maciej Kuchera using 3 I, I see uh, uh, Ash Thorpe, and I see John Sweeney. And everybody's utilizing these tools, and they're creating amazing work. But do I, will, is my goal to make... Um, what they can do with 3D as well. Like, is why do, why should that matter? Again, I'm not sh shutting that down. It probably would be amazing. And I'm not coming up with excuses to not use it. But I'm constantly reminded of the reason why I started loving what I'm doing is because of story and because of creating things that emote. And if you can evoke that even through a loose painting, if there's, there's an art to indication, right? So when you're painting something and it's loose and maybe it's scrambled, the viewer has to work a little harder to, to see it and to feel it. And there's a... A very rewarding feeling to that. Like, wow, that painting, Nikolai Fetchin's paintings, uh, it's all really impressionistic and, and messy and thick. But I see it. I see the landscape and I see the people and the, and the women walking around. What more if I am involving the viewer to work a little harder to see something that will punch you right back in your gut. The story is just, it, 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 whoa, I, I spent time, it's almost like I'm deceiving my viewer. I spent time looking at this painting and now I'm seeing something I can't unsee. And I guess that's, that's something to uh, say that I, when I started working on my personal work, when I started, feel like I started making leaps in growth. Um, I started making paintings that were disturbing. I started making paintings that were violent, 
dark because that subject matter is what stayed with me from films I had seen. Uh, whether the films had ups and downs or, or were uh, uplifting, they each film that was stayed with me and resonated was very... There were either there were some depressing moments, if not entirely depressing, or or really dark and disturbing, and it just stays with you. I I, I value that. I really enjoy that. I'm not a person to, who doesn't like life or happiness. It's not that. It's just that I think there's something powerful behind uh, uh, an artist being able to make you feel a certain way through their work that that's much like music man like when you listen to that zeppelin song bring it on home and the guitar starts playing right after the harmonica ends your hair stands and you want to start running or driving fast it's the same thing with emotional art emotional pieces of, of, of film or, or paintings so you know <laughs> no that's great no I'm, I'm actually while you're talking I'm, I'm looking at your portfolio again and I mean the our audience uh, can see it as well uh, playing in the background and and I, I hope they really I hope it really emphasizes uh, that that you're not only just talking uh, some random stuff but you really live uh, by by what you talk and, and you yeah you uh, like I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm trying to, to see like where you came from and, and where you currently aren't and, and I mean you can't show what you've whatever you worked on in the last couple of years I'm sure but um, I mean one one thing that is striking to me beside of course like a technical improvement in terms of your figure drawing skills uh color framing uh and all these things that that um get better because you work harder uh you you still work hard right um another thing that really strikes me is that you seem to be you seem to be drawing less and less your older work i feel like a lot more things are defined or you're trying to figure out how to portray a certain something whereas like the later stuff when we look at like black panther or or some of the the spider-man stuff and and infinity war um like 90 percent of the frame is black and and i mean not not as like a bad thing but then it's like and then you have like a few hits of light but i don't know that image has has is more dynamic than pretty much 99 percent of art that is on art station or anywhere else um so I'm, I mean, I don't know if I have really a question about that, but it's like, you seem to be getting amazing at like, I don't know, indication and mood and, and, and if, if achieving more with less, I mean, is that, is that something you actively strive for? Or do you feel like that's just like something you feel like, um, you're naturally drawn to? Yeah, I, I, I became naturally drawn to that, but I, it's the reason because I, I started to ask myself uh, how light would be captured through a camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing a lot of lighting scenarios when I would shoot, even in darkness. I'm like, you wouldn't see all this. This would just completely fall into pitch black. I mean, that's my amateur experience because cameras today, or you could capture a lot of subtlety. But uh, 
I found the real sense of realism in, in, in something that is so subtle. It's almost a dark screen, but you see, so I, I, it's almost like I reverse engineered from film and photography. Not that I had practiced photography like a photographer would, but from film, watching films and making movies, um, I, I, uh, I reverse engineered a way of understanding painting values. And one of my good friends, uh, Steve Shirley, told me he's an amazing painter, and he he studied under uh, Sean Cheatham and Lipkin, and he went to Italy. And anyway, uh, he told me, you know, what makes a, a realistic looking painting is when the values are uh, more subtle when the transition is more subtle it's 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 smoother it's a smoother transition it's not so when it's more rough when it's more abrupt it becomes more graphic now when you mix both you get a very realistic sense of something photographic and that kind of connected i'm like oh no wonder when he said that and also other mentors have mentioned that many times before it just things started to sort of connect i i i made a loop and i and i uh started to realize oh i i just found it in my own way my own journey so um but yeah that was um the darkness stuff i i've i've had a lot of comments about that your stuff is so dark can't see anything no i love it i love it <laughs> especially when i started at marvel Especially uh, your your own personal work, actually. Uh, yeah, e and that, even that's inten so. that's intentional, uh, and that is uh, my own um, whatever you want to call it. Uh, my own uh, your own inner dark. <laughs> fuck you, yeah. my own fuck you to the audience. <laughs> not not in when I I know when I was when I was just starting. I, I probably had aggression in me, so like it came from something like that. But it it also there's a positive out a much greater positive outcome from that because I I learned that it doesn't have to be about like yeah look at it <laughs> and it could yeah. be like let's express something um, intelligent and that doesn't mean that it has to be intellectually. Uh, high or anything like that but the, I, I don't know I mean one of the most stri striking things about your work when when I look at it is also that um, your framing and everything is and your blocking and everything is very unusual for concept art uh, like it doesn't it doesn't look like like the average kind of concept art where I don't know it, people have a very limited understanding of cameras and how to shoot something and, and it just, it's just there to like explain the design as much as possible. Um, but your frames feel incredibly organic, but at the same time, absolutely technical, technically accurate to how a movie would be framed and shot. And, and I, I'm, I'm wondering like, is that something that just, that just comes out of your uh, pen and, and it just is that way? Or do you, do you go from a very like um, 
technical driven point of view of like okay for this shot i'm gonna use a 85 millimeter camera equivalent so you would see this this and this and this is how it foreshortens or whatever like how do you i mean you you must have watched an ungodly amount of movies to to get this feeling accurately across right so i'm just wondering um ungodly amount of movies probably not but i've i have seen quite a handful from uh, name all the classic masters uh it's ingrained in me i don't think about camera lenses i like to pretend i know that stuff i know nothing about it i want to actually my fiance knows a lot more about lenses she even wrote out a sheet on everything that has to do with focal length and f-stops and uh i i keep going back to try to study that anyway um i uh the tarantino sorry to jump quentin tarantino the, the film director said uh um try to make the movie you want to see and that resonated in me as a painter in an interesting way i wanted to paint the frame of the movie i wanted to see that's how i was going about it and it was um i think that's kind of the core of it all that's the heart of my personal work is capturing the feeling of a moment from a from a film and I've every time I've done personal work where it's not that I don't feel I don't feel it I don't feel right about it I don't care about it it feels like a doodle but this is my personal opinion opinion I love looking at other people's art that isn't intended to be cinematic I actually love it it's refreshing and I'm like wow look at how he draws look at how he expresses this and that uh but when it comes to my work every little thing i do i think about it in a cinematic sense uh and i it's, i love it i never get bored of it uh, i think it's you know the, um it, it brings me to this you know like you have such a you know your own style obviously and it it is dark uh not just dark as in you know the, the 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 value but also in just sometimes on how you portray things um uh and and yet you know you're working for marvel um and and i feel like th there's a little bit of a contradiction there a little bit and and i don't is that yeah. you know did you uh, have to fit in or i mean how, tell me a little bit about that i uh, i mean i already understood that I'm not going to be showing uh, intense violence, simply put, in uh, any Marvel frame uh, or, or juxt disturbing juxtaposition story points of, of uh, I don't know, can I give an example? Spider-Man swinging over with Mary Jane across a New York building while there's like a shootout happening beneath that contrast is what I love about creating uh, pieces sometimes because that's something in film that I've seen a lot 
that that captures my heart. Uh, and um, with with Marvel, I I understood that, and it's not something that was affecting me when I was getting to the point of sharing my work. Hey, here's what I did for Homecoming. Here's what I did for this and that. Uh, I already, I kind of had that in mind in in terms of displaying my work again because uh, I, I have to give it to the the people, the viewers, and the audience that took what I was doing personally uh, to to heart and loved it as my as my growth as my. Uh, how do you say it? Being known in, in the industry to start my career off the the way uh, it has gone, but um, it, what I just made sure to do with the Marvel work is to always depict it as a film moment. I don't think I've done a piece for Marvel that isn't like that. Uh, and it started off with dark values because that's what I, how I was understanding it, oh. the go-to. But uh, then I learned and adapt. I grew because of Ryan. Ryan would tell me, you know, it doesn't all, you know, this is so dark. They can't see anything in the meetings. We're presenting it to Kevin Feige. We're presenting to all these people, and they're they're just like, this is, it's never going to be that dark. I'm like, yeah, but that's how it would feel. I didn't fight him on it. That's what I personally thought. I was like, that's how it would look. That's how it would feel. But it's not, you gotta, we gotta show it clearly, man. And that was conflicting because I thought it meant I have to spell everything out in light. And that's not the case. You can still show the cinematic quality. I, I started looking at cinematographers. I'm just gonna say that. I started looking at, um, uh, cinematography from from David Fincher's work, Michael Mann's, and and, and Spielberg, and and uh, and just seeing how they treated their shots, how their shots looked. I mean, how the, their scenes, Roger Deakins especially, uh, uh, No Country for Old Men, the the scene where he's running through through the desert and the guys are ch chasing on the truck. That's dark, but you can see it. So it's, so little by little it started to click. And I'm like, uh, especially as a painting, this isn't a moving image, but especially as a painting, when when they're scrolling through it in the meeting, for less than five seconds. Next, okay, let's see the next. One. It has to read and it has to be impactful. And if it's too dark, it's not going to do anything. Um, so I had to sort of learn to to grow and become better at become more sophisticated in my maturity of how, to step out of myself and learn again because I, I i think i've always been like that as a person like no this is me <laughs> i'm gonna hold on to what i think is like it, it takes growing up to to i to learn and become better. It really does. It takes maturing and, and stepping out of your own head. But that's a different topic, I guess. Uh, yeah. So with, with Marvel, I understand what you're saying, the contradiction. Um, and in terms of my personal work, uh, Ryan hired me at Marvel because 
he loved that I had established myself with my personal work the way I have, and also that I can, despite the fact that the content matter is dark, I can evoke powerful emotion or imagery. This is the way he put it. And uh, that's why I got brought onto the team to see what I can add to it. And when I, I think when I was on uh, um, Infinity War, where uh, the character Nebula is being tortured by Thanos, I, I got to play with my roots of like how to show juxtaposition of Nebula being torn apart and Thanos being a sadistic, cruel character and then Gamora is in shock. She's in, she's, we're seeing her pain in her eyes. We're seeing Nebula's pain in Gamora's eyes. So like, that's how I was trying to layer the story. And it's just a very simple image foreground and then background. And there's, there's a very noir lighting and it falls into darkness and it's for a reason. I started to realize that things should, if you're going to make things dark like that, it should come back to like everything should tell a story. Everything should cinematic image making it. Everything has a reason. You don't, we might be misled by watching something like David Lynch films and, and hearing him talk about how he made things and it was the right feeling. And those are intuitive probably for him. Uh, I don't know, but when you really watch Mulholland Drive or Blue Velvet or the latest seasons of Twin Peaks and everything has a reason. All the compositions have a reason why they're composed the way they are, why it's dark, why it's ambiguous. It goes back to telling the story about a character. And uh, I mean, the Marvel, the entire Marvel team, uh, they're brilliant for doing that in their own ways and styles. So, um, yeah, I hope that, that, no, that's, that's super interesting. And, and I mean, I, I honestly think that, you know, it's great to hear, uh, because I, I've been on some Marvel shows and, and, you know, like, it, you know, it's always come back like, okay, Kevin's going to see this, you know, this is not colorful enough. You know, you know, like right. a lot of people come back and tell me, certain things and I'd be like, well, I mean, I, okay. Um, and, and that's why I was curious about, you know, because you you really do have, I mean, if anybody has a style, you have a style there. Um, and, and while you're talking, I just think, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't know what 3d, you know, would give you. I, I absolutely think like it's, there's nothing, you don't need it. Yeah, I I, I started to realize it's a tool. Now, here's the thing, though. As, as someone who's starting and learning, I think 3D is a great tool to learn with because it could help you understand form. It could help you understand uh, lighting values, maybe if you're rendering something and and uh, it, it, things are falling into atmosphere, it could help you understand that through a different point of view. Um, 
it was hard for me to grasp the idea of things going cooler into space when I'm learning landscape painting and warmer as they come towards us. Like that was alien to me, but I trusted my mentors when they said that. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And then I'm driving back home and I see the smoggy mountains of LA are indeed gray <laughs> and everything coming close are is more vibrant, more, warmer I guess it works the darks of the back of the head of the nearest figure are warmer but the darks in the distance this is figurative painting multiple in oils acrylics are cooler but when it comes to film and digital um, I feel like a lot of that kind of falls apart it becomes way more graphic and it becomes more about just this the minimalistic uh depiction of light and color film has a way more simplistic color palette any shot you you look especially when it's color graded you, it's like th three colors most of yeah. the time so like <laughs> and that's something that i've 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 uh, been uh learning more and more of these days uh just how does, does anybody tell you add more color i've i've gotten that and sure <laughs> I, I i and i the thing is i understand i understand how to add it um i look at what makes more color in a frame um a younger me would probably saturate everything and it would look like a watermelon <laughs> like everything is just vibrant I'm like oh no but adding more color is the contrast of the grays and then you pop the blues and the reds now it's more color now it now it feels like a cinematic more color if that makes sense when you when you look at um Any Roger Deacon's subtle shot, or even, man, even Terrence Malick's films, they're so naturalistic, and it's hard to spot, but they're, they're very, uh, there's moments where things are just all in the blues, and then she's wearing like a red thing on her head, and it pops. That's color. That's a vibrant depiction of color. And then there's films like Traffic, where there's literally an entire frame where it's just Soderbergh's Traffic. Mm. There's this blue mm. or shot through a, a beer bottle where it's just yellow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's also another thing to, to take into account. Like, how, why does that, if that was a painting, uh, how would that be, how would you paint something that, it's, that is monochromatic, but you understand that is in color? Actually, that's a, that's a great thing. I've never, I've never done that. I, I just realized talking to you guys about Soderbergh's film Traffic that a lot of his shots are very monochromatic, but you don't think about them as a cheap monochromatic shot. They have subtleties and there's color in it, but yet you're looking at it and it's just orange and for a reason, of course. But anyway, sorry, didn't mean to trail off.
again. No, that's great. That's uh, good. Um, so, I mean, I um, with with all you've done and and where you are right now, I mean, what what do you feel is next? Do you feel like you you need to you need to own your craft even more? You need to drill further down into uh, like uh, exploring what else you can do in 2d with painting or do you feel like picking up a camera and getting back to those short films because i mean your art more than any i've seen would lend itself into i don't know being in like i just want your your frame to move i want these people to even if it's in that style and that painting an animated adult movie in that sense like or i don't know you want to trans translate it into an actual like movie where you say like hey like I, I paint it like it is a movie frame for a movie i want to see so what about making a movie you want to see um definitely i i've always that is always on my mind is like when am i gonna uh, have the courage to just take a break and start making short movies like i used to i i uh, i see myself doing that um, and I don't know if I'm procrastinating or if I'm just, I still love, I, I love this, what I'm doing right now so much. It's so comfortable for me that even if I didn't pick up a camera, I, I'd be happy growing old and being an illustrator. You know, that's how I see in my head. I don't know. That's, that's that could all fall apart. I don't know. But, uh, I would love to uh, pick up my iPhone and make uh, start making short short movies. And now more than ever, um, I think we talked earlier briefly about it. Uh, because of uh, my fiance uh, Jenny, she she helped me create a a YouTube channel, and on it there's a lot of educational videos about thinking about art and, and, and struggles and overcoming certain fears and uh, and hopefully those are helpful to the audience but um, in the same similar way why not make a YouTube channel entirely devoted to just short movies um, and I've been thinking about that and maybe that's something I could do I, I tried doing something like that with my my Instagram with the i recently discovered you can do reels so i i had taken footage that i was experimenting with again on my uh, iphone a, a while back uh and even drone shots that i took and i edited it and also because i i, I make my own music i i was able to sort of time it to the mood that I wanted and, and put it into reels here and there. And I've posted those things many times and I've taken them down many times because I have an insecurity. Yeah, I posted I'm trying to it, find it right now. And, <laughs> and I, and I took it and I took it off. So I, I'm sorry, I'm explaining something that probably isn't on there. I realized that. However, um, yeah, I, to answer your question, Jan, I, I, definitely think i should maybe take that seriously and and, and and run with it and just uh do the same uh way the same energy of a journey that i've done with my paintings 
Well, I mean, here's a question. I mean, do you feel like a painting, your kind of painting or a film, I mean, is have you expressed fully in the painting? And if you have, then would there be a need for a film? I feel like... That's a great question. I feel like recently I, I've been trying to push how a person could look at my work by um, posting a music track that is intended for that piece to look at with. And that those are two feelings combined to create the exact emotion that I'm trying to control for the viewer. Um, and I was trying it with time-lapse making of pieces and and that's an interesting way to see a piece being made in Procreate and I'm, I've inserted my music in it and you're seeing 30 seconds of something unfold and the music goes to it, goes to the final image. That's in a way a, a step, a very minor microscopic step towards that direction um, and it always leads me to think like, why don't I just make a movie? Why don't I just shoot stuff? Um, well, don't know until you try. Right. And, and yeah, exactly. I, I think, I think what's kept me in in the past is, is that, oh, I need actors, but I don't, I feel like I can make mood and what I want to capture through uh, like Warner Herzog says uh, stealing from life like you kind of have to be a little bit of a thief you have to be ready with your camera and being in places and and just capturing the right thing and and working that it's another way of maybe reverse engineering story into it why not it's an art form probably to to do that as a as a cinematographer filmmaker whatever um no crew nothing all all lighting from daylight or or street lamps or whatever so i have thought about that and i i feel it coming i feel that that time uh getting closer for me to do that that's great Oh, that yeah. sounds cool. Um, Emmanuel, do you have any, any last question? We're running close to one um, and a half hours, and I think we should. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, for me, it wouldn't be a question, but I, I think I just want to stress for the audience, um, and, and we'll, we're going to have all your social media stuff in the description, but um, like I said at the beginning, your channel and the stuff that's on there, uh, it's so valuable for anybody wanting to just learn more about painting um, or just because you, you tend to start talking and I don't know how you can talk for so long because you're like, I don't think I could stream like that because I'm just like, you know, I, I, I've never done that. It just doesn't seem natural to me um, personally. But when you do do that, a lot of gems come out and a lot of, you know, stories and, and mm-hmm. how to act and how to be in a professional environment. So my point is, everybody should go and check it out. Uh, and you'll get a lot from it, even if you're not a straight-up painter, uh, because I did. 
so uh, you know that that's all I wanted to say. Uh, Thank Jan. you. Sounds good. No, I'm you, I'm you I'm good. It? I think uh, uh, Alex patiently answered all the questions I had. Alex, is there anything you wanna you wanna I don't know give any anything you wanna say to our audience uh, before we wrap things up? Any any good tips? How to be like Alex? How to be like Alex? <laughs> uh, how, be, uh, how to be like me is you gotta be yourself, and that's uh, where, where I go back to uh, when 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 I teach a class at CDA, for example. I always say the core, the real, if you think there's a trick or a, or a mesmerizing method to all this, it's pulling from your own life, pulling from your gut, your heart, the, the, the thing that you're most afraid to share. Do that as a painting. Just start doing that. And... Um, That's the beginning. I feel like that's the beginning. I, I, that's where I started. I went with my personal work because I was afraid to share the things that would maybe be embarrassing or be, I don't know, controversial, especially when you're sharing it all to the world on the internet. So, oh, that's beautiful. I think that's really well said. Um, so, uh, anyway, um, thank you so much for your time, such on a, so late on a Sunday evening. Um, Oh, thank you. To our audience, uh, thank you so much for tuning in uh, once more. And um, if you like this episode, please like, comment and subscribe. You're going to find all of Alex's uh, YouTube channels, Instagram, social media handles below in the description. So please check it out and um, we'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you.